Hi guys, welcome everyone to another episode of the Macros Bodybuilding and Powerlifting Podcast. My hi Mark. Hey guys, how are we doing? So today we're going to talk about superfoods, uh, just literally because I looked at the Daily Mail of all sort of references and saw superfoods was coming up again and uh, they just seem to just always be there um, and for people who are maybe familiar with me and Mark and our work you might be like yeah we know what you're talking about we can see why you're frustrated about superfoods but for others I think you might be thinking what what about what's this hate with superfoods that super so we thought we'd go over the topic of superfoods kind of what they are whether they are superfoods and how as individuals can we appreciate them and where they should maybe be within our diet and within our kind of nutritional ideas um first of all like mark was pretty unwell last week with hay fever i've had a cold all week so if i like sound a bit snotty or kind of croaky that's why so i apologize <laughs> first up obviously i haven't been eating enough superfoods um so i'm gonna pass it now over to mark and kind of give give you what um, do you see a superfood as, Mark? What kind of, in the supermarkets, kind of give the guys an idea of what a superfood is mar generally marketed as? Yeah, so I think most of the time, superfoods are, are marketed as, um, you know, e either in a, in a smoothie type, um, bottle of liquid that you can get or um you know you, we've got berries um flax seeds um nuts all these kind of nutrient dense foods that are health beneficial and have definitely got you know i think is is people who work with clients we would definitely be suggesting that our clients consider these as part of a of a wider nutrient dense diet um but a lot of times the superfoods are marketed in such a way that um, there's never really any consideration to their overall or the energy within that food or liquid. So you, you'll have people suggesting that um, you know, if, you, if you take the superfood, then um, everything's going to be great and you're going to lose all the weight. and um, they really do get marketed in, in, a, in a poor fashion as far as I'm concerned. Um, whereas, what you, and again, of course, having these foods in your diet is important and because they are nutrient dense and as part of a, of a wider uh, kind of overall diet, then they're great. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't explain that very well at all. <laughs> I think you got the point across that I think is important. You have to talk about the nutritional priorities. Look at us both coughing. We're going to be talking about superfoods and how maybe they're not like the be all and end all. And people are going to be like, you're not eating enough superfood, man. That's yeah. why you're sick. That's yeah, definitely why we're sick. I haven't had enough goju berries today. I should take some more goju berries. I don't think I've ever eaten a goji berry in my life. <laughs> No, but I, I think uh, that, that, that's just that's just the problem. 
it's the, when the when the superfoods get marketed, they don't really get so they just get branded as a superfood, but nobody really knows why they're a superfood, or nobody really knows what the health benefits might be to taking that food again as part of a, an, an overall kind of well balanced diet. That's the trouble. It's I think a superfood is literally just like a supplement, like we talked about last week. Um, I don't know whether we reference to it, but literally every single supplement will say can provide like enhanced whatever the benefit if yeah. it's in context of a well-rounded diet. So just like a superfood could be quite beneficial, but only in the context of a well-rounded diet, which I think you were alluding to before in terms of the fact, yeah, it's got goji berries, it's got nuts, it's got coconut oil, it's got all this amazing stuff that's nutrient dense. But it's also yeah. calorie dense. There's no reference to the total calories, which when we talk about nutritional priorities in our pyramid, calories are the base, energy balance is king. And if you don't refer to that and you end up putting on weight because you're eating too many superfoods, it doesn't matter how super for you uh, they say they are, they're not necessarily going to do what you want them to. Absolutely. And it does happen. And it, it's something that a lot of people really struggle to separate is because they've just been bombarded with things like, I think I think more recently, or maybe it's just dying off now, I'm not sure, but uh, coconut oil become really popular as a superfood. And everyone was getting told to take coconut oil, whether it was to cook their meals with, or to put in coffee as well, I think at one point. People were putting bulletproof. Bulletproof coffees. I mean, if you're trying to lose body fat and, and you're, on lesser calories anyway, <laughs> putting coconut oil in your coffee, it's just, you know, that is not going to help. Um, if you, <laughs> I can't imagine it tasting very nice at all, but <laughs> if you if you like coconut oil in your coffee and or you like to cook with coconut oil, that's, that's great. Um, but it might be an idea to, to work out, uh, you know, how many calories are in coconut oil per 100 grams and then have a, a serving of it based on um, you know, your own kind of calories and macros rather than just whacking coconut oil in uh, for every meal that you cook. Um, and, you, and you could see just by that little example how that could become a problem if you were trying to control calories to lose body fat. Yeah, I think the only way something like the Bulletproof Coffee has shown to like have success with people and they've been like, ah, oh, it's not the calories, it's the coconut oil and the Bulletproof Coffee that's doing it for me is the fact that one, caffeine is a, provides satiety and then two, liquid just in general, having some liquid going in you provides some satiety because it just fills the stomach. Yeah. And then three, because yeah, it's a bunch of calories and it's fat, which actually kind of slows digestion and it can be quite satiating for some individuals and so the combination of all of that if you're having it it could maybe prevent you maybe snacking on more calories later but you can't get around the energy balance balance rule the law of thermodynamics um, it will only have reduced calories like so many diets do because it's kind of put something in place that has caused a restriction of calories it's not anything special to do with necessary coconut oil or anything like that. Um, Mark, do you eat any kind of, what kind of foods, when we're talking about, when you talked about with your people at Revive Stronger, recommendations of food suite, what's, you said 
tend to go to majority of nutrient dense foods. What sort of nutrients, nutrient dense foods do you kind of go for generally day to day? So I like, if it's myself, I, I pretty much have um, any kind of um, vegetables, any kind of fruit. I don't really have much preferences. Um, if it's clients, I do like to see probably a minimum of two pieces of fruit per day um, and then um, two or three servings of like a decent portion of vegetables. Um, and then I'd also prefer on top of that, I mean, if, if they could do that for to start off with, I think that's, that's, that's brilliant. They've, you know, if they really, really like, like I have an apple and a banana every day. Um, but I also have probably like some days I'll have some blueberries or some days I'll have some strawberries and I kind of mix it up um, along with that. But I think if somebody was to, if a client was to just start taking an apple and a banana every day, I think that was a good start. If they were going to have two portions of broccoli a day, I think that's a good start. But then, you know, just to kind of put the ice on the, take, on, on the cake, I'd prefer to see a little bit more variety there as well. Um, yeah, broccoli is 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 is, is a brilliant vegetable, and um, very fibrous and very filling. So uh, apple, banana, the same. But just to make sure that the kind of all the nutrients were covered, um, and we're getting a nice wide variety, I'd probably prefer to see, um, yeah, a little bit more variety going that diet along the way. Um, but I don't mind if it was just a client starting off who's never particularly taken any interest in veg or fruits, I don't mind them going and just finding something like and sticking with that for a while. Um, but I would prefer to start to see more variation in their diet, again, just to cover their kind of nutritional basis. What I find really fascinating with the idea <clears throat> that people, um, I think some people might get put off that they can't because like you named apples, bananas, these are very cheap fruits and like fruits and they are really nutritious, but it, you do not get everything that maybe a blueberry gives you, but you'd be better off having an apple and then some blueberries and then a banana maybe and like having that variety than just having the blueberries because they're a superfood, which is a point we're trying to get across that just because something's named a superfood doesn't mean it's actually superior to anything else. It just means it has, I think superfoods, they actually get like to be called superfood, it has to have a certain number of micronutrients per like 100 grams or per serving or something like along those lines. I mean, it's not anything special necessarily about that food. And if you feel like, oh, I can't eat healthy because I can't afford these superfoods, it's completely false. Something like yeah. a banana is incredibly cheap and in its own right, maybe a superfood because of all benefits it has with it. Yeah. And that's something I find very interesting is the fact that something like a multivitamin is very much frowned upon when in reality it probably is more micronutrient-dense than any, I don't know if it's more micronutrient-dense than any superfood, but it's probably right up there with them, yet it's seen as something bad and not necessarily good to have, whereas in reality it's, it's probably actually fairly beneficial for someone who maybe can only eat that apple, banana, because maybe they can't afford to eat blueberries and the foods out there, or maybe they just don't like them. So then having something like the multivitamin is kind of like that shotgun approach. You get that variety there. Yeah. It's a very cheap yeah. amount. 
Um, have you experienced people kind of hating against maybe green powders, vegetable like vegetable powders and multivitamins? Yeah, all the time. All the time. Um, it just comes. It it it, it kind of comes back to being uh, the whole you know natural or whatever natural really even means. But yeah, I think especially with the multivitamin. I've, I've I know for a fact that people actively avoid like taking multivitamins or fish oils or these things that will, you know, like you said, that shocking effect that will be very handy in your diet for a kind of covered all basis. Um, and I would much rather people taking that multivitamin than just having, like you said, only an apple or only green beans for their, for their vegetable intake because they're just going to get a lot more micronutrition um, you know, I, obviously, we'd prefer if they were taken. I think. I think. I don't think anyone would argue the fact that most of our intake should be coming from like fresh, minimally processed foods. I think that's nobody's going to argue that point. But if you are a person who struggles for whatever reason, whether it's um, you know you just don't like the taste or texture of certain fruits and vegetables, then I think you know multivitamins and, and supplements in general. I think you know just like we were talking about last week with the supplement issue, they are there. They can be very useful, and they do most definitely have a place in a diet. Um, but then there's even the cost. You, you mentioned about the cost. Okay, if, you know there are there are fruits that that do cost um, quite a lot of money, and they are expensive. I think it's. It's obviously down to the fact that they're quite labour intense, you know, like picking berries, you've got to have some of you picking berries and manufacturing them and boxing them and it's it could be a long process and that's probably where the cost comes from. Um but then you've got the option like I buy frozen berries for a fraction of the price that I could buy fresh berries for. Um and you know, contrary to the belief, frozen berries are fresh berries, they've just been they've just been frozen fresh. So you're still going to be getting all the, in fact, there might even be an argument that frozen berries are more beneficial because they're going to be, they're going to keep for longer, um, you know, they're not going to go off, and they're so versatile, they can, you can be put them in smoothies or, or your breakfast. So yeah, there, there, there's, although, although there are costs involved with some of these foods, um, you can make, or you, you can get them cheaper just by doing things like, um, bunch buying or um frozen frozen selections frozen fruits are a great one i think oh, for sure that? sorry i think I'm, i lost you a little bit but i got the, the overall kind of message which is great um yeah frozen frozen fruits frozen vegetables i mean they're basically they should like you said be a bit fresher because actually they're frozen literally stuff so that they have gone over like the transportation process didn't lost any nutrients that way necessarily yeah. <clears throat> sorry um and something else i always point out is actually things like tinned fruits tinned vegetables although they're seen like as like, even in my head i'm like that can't be healthier that can't be not necessarily healthier but that can't be a good thing they're actually fine they're actually yeah. really quite a good and nutritious source that's also cheap um, but i think it's more getting people's minds around it um, and when you can, like you said, because 
we're talking about berries a lot of the time that they're expensive but they're nowhere near as expensive as having an actual superfood shake or smoothie and having one of those daily which yeah. are actually going to be really energy dense as well um you can get a lot of these things like you can buy frozen you can buy in bulk you can buy nuts and seeds in bulk online uh, peanut butter isn't that expensive and in fact not necessarily a superfood but it's definitely a healthy source of fats in context of a, a good overall diet which is always always going to be key something i want to talk about and i don't know if you've got an opinion on this mark is people really frown upon processed foods um, and i know we talk about the fact 80 percent of the diet should be wholesome minimally processed foods but there are some processed foods that have been fortified with additional benefits so maybe like kids cereal uh, have you got any thoughts on that like what are your thoughts on some of those kind of being in our diet is it a problem again i think what we'll have to be clear on is what what processed food actually really means and it's just foods that have gone through a process what the process is could be anything depending on what food you were talking about i mean you, you could say that this might be picking the bones out of it, but you could say that putting blueberries into a box is a, is a process to be then be manufactured. It's a process. Um, although I think what most people would, would consider the processed food would maybe be like, um, you know, ready-made meals or, um, like you said, cereals, all these kind of um, processed foods. And, yeah, I think, <coughs> again, if... There, they should, there's no food in isolation that's necessarily, just like the, there's no superfoods, there's no foods that are going to be necessarily just wrong to eat or bad to eat or make you gain fat or take you further away from your goals. There's nothing going to happen in isolation. And again, as part of a, a wider nutrient-dense diet, then processed foods are, I mean, I, I have processed foods. I, I've, I've usually got something whether it's just, you know, like um, like cooked chicken in a packet. Um, I've always got some of that in the fridge for days that I'm maybe running a bit late. I just don't have time to do any cooking. Um, I've, I've even got, um, you know, I know, I know Tesco's do that range where there's uh, mashed potatoes or mashed root veg. That's, that's been processed and it's always in my fridge because it's very handy for me. Um, especially on days when I'm working late or I'm, um, I'll be particularly busy one day, it's really, really easy for me to just take that out of the fridge. Um, it's still nutrient-dense. It was really, really cheap to buy, and it's convenient. It can be made in five minutes, um, along with maybe some frozen vegetables or, or, or tinned uh, vegetables. I don't eat like that every day, um, but, yeah, it was, you know, that kind of in that balance in that context of an overall healthy diet I there's no problems for me at all with processed foods yeah I think it can get really confusing um, especially with those sort of foods because in a sense when you're buying pre-made mashed potato for example which I've had from Sainsbury's and much better than what I can make um, it's what have they done they've just basically made the mashed potato for you they haven't necessarily done a load of weird processing to it they've added loads of weird things to it they've literally 
It's probably gone through a machine, it's been mashed, they've added some butter and seasoning, which is basically what you do, and then it's been put in a container into the fridge. So yeah. when that's a process, yes, it's a processed food, but not necessarily a really bad thing to have. I think the when we're talking about processed foods, a lot of the kind of tricky ones that are going to catch you out that you shouldn't have in huge amounts are the ones where they're really low in fiber, they're really, really tasty, they haven't been fortified, they haven't got any real nutrients in them, maybe something like cookies, um, ice cream, uh, pastries, those sort of things where there really is nothing that's going to necessarily benefit your diet apart from the energy that yeah. it's giving you. Uh, those are the ones that you have to be really quite careful of because something like, I'm going to go there, pizza, because I absolutely love it. When we think about a pizza, you think about the base that basically bread, it's dough, um, some oil, and then the rest of it, basically, tomatoes, vegetables, yeah. all comes in is when it's all the processed meats that might get on there. Yeah. Um, and that's only really a trouble when you have it all the time. If, if it's put into context of a calorie controlled diet where you're not eating those meats all the time and most of your meats are maybe kind of chicken and fish, then you're probably in a really fine place or it don't yeah. even necessarily get beats with those on all the time. Um, I, yeah, I just think it, it's this also danger of the process comes in. What I get annoyed with this is shakes that are called superfood shakes, maybe. And they're actually, because they're ground up, all the fiber is basically gone. It's basically now a juice. Yeah. And they say they contain all like this benefit. But if you drink a juice, there's actually been studies shown. So people drink the, the calorific juice. They don't recognize, the body doesn't necessarily recognize the calories. They're not controlling the calories here. So then later in the day, the person actually overconsumes. They don't, okay. the body isn't very good at recognizing like liquid calories. Um, yeah. It does it with milk. I've seen La McDonald looked into a research study. It does it with milk, but like Coke and juice and liquid calories like that. The body isn't very good at kind of feeling full from that. It doesn't necessarily give it fullness yeah. and satisfaction signals. Obviously, you get those nutrients, but this is in the context of that king, which is the energy balance, yeah. the, the calories at the bottom. That's interesting. I That's interesting to know. I... I, I I wasn't exactly sure of um, that point you just made there about not quite recognising liquid calories. And I think it, it's absolutely right, though. It's so easy to overconsume on liquid calories. Um, and again, if you're trying to alter body composition, if, if you're trying to lose body fat, reduce body fat, lose weight, you know, you could be drinking, if you're drinking one, two, three of these superfood shakes per day. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, but there might be like, I don't know, 150 calories in, in these, um, some of the ones that I see like typically in the, in the shop or garage. Um, you know, that's quite a lot of calories for a very small amount of liquid. Um, and you can, if you're not accounting for that in your, in your daily um calories and macros, then that, that's where people can really get frustrated because they're not losing weight, but they're eating all these, you know, clean foods, super foods. Uh, they're having the smoothies, they're having the, the coconut oil and the, and the handful of nuts every day. And 
And also, what led to that is a handful of nuts is very, very different from every for everyone. Um, I'd much prefer people maybe weighed out 10 or 15 grams or 20 grams of nuts rather than a handful. Um, I've seen what my handful of nuts can look like. Yeah, that's a handful, man. <laughs> um, you could literally scoop up 500 calories of nuts and eat it quick. No problem at all. So it's, it's I think, it, yeah, it's, it's very worth knowing that it's very much a branded thing and it's very much a kind of market gimmicky doesn't really mean anything. Um, yeah, there's just not, there's nothing much super about superfoods at all. Um, and if you've got a, if you've got a nice, varied, balanced diet, um, then yeah, you're you're probably going to be fine anyway. Um, but again, yeah, calories are definitely king. In fact, I would I would also say that um, I've had. And this is coming from experience, actually. I've actually dealt with a client like this who, who was struggling to lose weight, but they were eating very clean kind of diary. Um, so when the food diary was sent across, it was, it was very kind of quote-unquote you know, clean foods. It was all minimally processed stuff. There was just a lot of it. There was a lot of um, oils, coconut oil, and nuts. That's why I brought up nuts, because this particular person was having a lot of these nuts. <coughs> Um, and flaxseed as well. <clears throat> and flaxseed is actually something that I use from time to time, but in controlled portions and not just put in half a bargain. So, yeah, and for, for this person, it's it's less important, or, or this is very individual to myself. I don't know how you, how you feel about this, but I would say it, it's more important that this person starts to lose body fat than get all these nutrients, at least acutely, because they're gonna have more problems with being like severely overweight. It's gonna cause you know, possible um, increases in uh, heart disease or risk of stroke, risk of kidney disease, all these things that, that are so high risk being so overweight that actually acutely, I would rather they just focused on losing body fat rather than worrying about these superfoods and getting all these nutrients in. I don't know how you feel about that yourself, Steve, or if, if you've had any similar kind of issues with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've actually experienced it with anyone necessarily. I definitely agree that um, even for health, total calorie intake, adding factor on surface, especially for someone who's overweight, just by bringing, like, there's so many problems someone overweight could have and they try and I, i've seen it where people will try all these different like supplements these superfoods and literally all of their health problems come down when they lose body fat which is yes. to do with calories and if that means they don't get all their superfoods in then that's what they should definitely do um, and it becomes a real problem and i think part of the, the problem is people <laughs> i can't believe i used to think this but i used to think fruit was calorie free and I literally thought, I actually, well, in my head, you, you couldn't get fat <laughs> eating anything that was like clean. You couldn't. Yeah. Eating dirty foods would automatically, you'd start getting fat. So I'd never have dessert. I'd never have any, anything sweet. Then eating clean foods, you could have as many as you want. And all that would happen was it would go on to body mass, lean body mass. Lean body mass. 
I could eat I could eat all the nuts I wanted, I could eat all the fruit I wanted. I used to stuff my face with like fruit and nuts and everything and it was amazing and I got really quite fat. I did gain some muscle mass because I was training hard as well, but I could have enjoyed myself so much more, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really disappointing. Um, I actually wanted to bring back to the topic you talked, said about the um, drinking liquid calories and the body not recognizing. I literally, I think in the study, what they did is they gave people like a, I think it was like a, a Coke or something, or it might have been, a, it might have been Coke and juice, okay. um, same amount of calories. And then in another group, they had people eating like, um, it was just sweets. And the people who had the sweets, compensated for the calories later the people having the liquid calories didn't oh, and the, like in that sort of scenario you think sweets are better than like fruit juice yeah. but no one would ever think that and i think in my mind the reason they compensated is because they chewed on it yeah. and so that chewing sensation when you chew you actually release like the brain starts releasing hormones to signal that it's getting food and it's eaten whereas when you drink you don't get that same benefit um, so I thought that was really quite interesting in that, yeah, the the whole smoothie things really grind on me because I actually see people will, they'd go to maybe have a Boots meal deal where they have a sandwich, a snack, and then a drink. And where they might have usually had this, they get the same sandwich, the same snack, and then the drink, rather than maybe they're getting a Diet Coke, they're picking up this super smoothie that's amazing for them. And then that's adding an extra like, 200 calories to yeah. their total intake which their body is not recognizing as extra calories and then for the ex for the rest of the day they've probably over consumed by 200 calories which over the long term leads to fat gain um which isn't what people want uh, so i think it's i think we definitely made it clear that total calories have to be a consideration and they come before food composition which is where having the superfoods they'd be dropped in but most of the time these superfoods are can be quite calorie dense the way they're marketed anyway the ones that you can easily buy and get hold of absolutely calories will it, it will just never change um calories are like you said they are king and it's we have to really get control of that first but but not even you know places that we can purchase these smoothies or, or, or shakes or whatever it may be, even doing home smoothies, it's really, really easy to throw five, 600 calories in a, in a Nutribullet and blitz it up and drink it in a 10 seconds. Um, that could be so easy done with the likes of these, you know, um, seeds or, you know, flaxseed, chia seeds, um, and, and, and nuts and things. Um, you know, even milk, you know, if people are putting in a load of milk into these smoothies, that's just going to add even more calories. I'm not, nobody's saying that milk's not, you know, it's not okay to drink milk. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying that these liquid calories, it's really easy to overconsume very, very quickly. Um, and I was really interested to hear that, um, that the body doesn't quite, you know, that, about that study you just mentioned about the body not quite dealing with it the same. What it will deal with the same is it will still deal with the same calories because the calories are still going to be going in there and you, you know whether you and i've seen it before i've seen it with clients faces when i when i talk to them about this and it just becomes like a, a like a light bulb moment where they think 
I cannot believe I've been consuming that many calories. Like all I've been doing is going to you know, Starbucks or something three times a day and having a, uh, instead of having like an Americano, they might be having some kind of latte that's just loaded with calories, but they're just literally unaware of it. Um, and I kind of do get quite often this like eureka moment when people finally think, she like I, I had no idea I was consuming that amount of calories through liquid alone. That, that, that is quite a popular one. I know we've painted quite a bleak picture on superfoods, um, which wasn't our intention, but it, yeah. it, I think it's because they're so strongly marketed as being superior, better, whereas in reality, and I think I've done probably a post on it, and this is why it's ringing a bell, it's not really a superfood because we shouldn't be looking at food in isolation. It could be a, a superfood part of a super diet, the, the whole diet as a whole. And in, in our opinion, if you're getting 80% of your food from wholesome, minimally processed stuff, 20% what have you, that is like a super diet for you. Yeah. It's yeah. doing, if it's giving you the rhymal protein, carbohydrate, fat, fiber, calories, and then you're getting that good balance, it's a pretty super diet. It's, a, it's full of what you should be having. Um, what I did want to talk about on kind of maybe a, a bit of a final note is have you noticed with yourself, Mark, or any of your clients where maybe you've looked at their food diary or you've looked at your own and seen holes where you're like, maybe someone's not getting any dairy, maybe they're not actually eating any like nuts or olives, olive oil or avocado and they're not getting any of that sort of fat, like they're eating maybe just, maybe not just enough variety. Have you ever seen that and have you ever experienced it yourself like feeling the benefits from maybe having something that you is nutrient dense and maybe a superfood? <clears throat> um, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm not very sure. I think one of the things that I do, I don't just get people to do food diaries um, just just for for one reason to see what they're eating. I I look, I kind of skim it to see what their overall nutrition might be, um, you know whether they are lacking in certain nutrients, and then I could then we could address it from there. But um, it's it's actually really interesting you said that because even though like I know, I know we've said this before and um, we're both in this gaining phase at the moment, right? Um, we're gaining body weight. Uh, obviously, we're gaining body weight, but we're not trying to gain weight. We're like, we're, anyway, we're trying, trying to gain muscles, man. Yeah, I'm not going to do that next to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so and I had the strangest kind of thing happen to me just very recently where, so I'm all about carbs, man. Like I will squeeze in as much carbohydrates as humanly possible into my diet um, while still kind of being on track. Um so I've always had a slightly lower fat intake, just by preference. Um, but recently, I kind of maintained my weight for a while, and I looked to increase calories. And for this time, whereas before, I would have just went, right, let's give me an extra like, 20 grams of carbs or whatever. I actually increased my fat intake. And I don't know, like... The, the, the false story of why, or, or maybe it's just a coincidence, maybe it's the overall calories, maybe it is the slightly higher fat intake, but I, I feel like a, so much more energy this last few weeks um, by having a higher fat intake, 
um, you know, because I am most days I have um, some nuts, whether it's uh, cashews, uh, almonds. I really like Brazil nuts, so I've got a lot more of these foods in. I love avocado, um, and yeah, I, I've I've noticed within myself a huge difference in my overall energy levels. Um, and I, I even I don't know if this is getting a bit. Uh, gimmicky now or anything but even like working I feel like I've just got like I can concentrate a lot better um, and that's all just kind of came the last few weeks with this higher fat intake so yeah maybe I was slightly deficient in some way myself and it's something that I've I've noticed 100% and it's quite funny that you bring that up what uh, what was your fat before and what's it now like if we get some context so my fat intake was usually around like in between 65 and 75 grams of fat per day and now it's up to like 85 or 75 between 85 probably pushing 85 most days um whereas before and sometimes before i'd even struggle to hit that fat target just because um like i said i'm all about the carbs man i'm squeezing as much carbs as possible <laughs> But now I'm finding that I'm quite easily hitting this fat intake, and I'm just feeling just so much, so much more better for it, a hundred percent. And your your carbs and protein stayed the same, I'm guessing. For this time, yeah. But it's usually before, or I just rammed up the the carbs without even thinking about it. So more calories to me used to mean more carbs, and that was it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, protein stayed the same, and that's interesting. Carbs. It, yeah, I mean, you. I was just thinking, I was like, sorry. Yeah, yeah, on you go. Uh, I was just checking because I, I by no means thought that your fat intake would be silly low, but I would see if it was like really low or um, how low you've gone. Because I know some people, they're gaining phase, they're like, okay, it's not necessarily they're thinking about preferences, they're thinking, okay, I'm going to keep my fat intake low because in their head, and I mean, scientifically, yeah, fat's easier stored as fat, carbohydrates are more me metabolized for energy. And so I was thinking that maybe, <clears throat> I thought you were gonna say having a higher fat intake allowed you to actually start gaining weight because I was thinking maybe if you had more carbs, it just ramps up its actual kind of thermogenesis effects. It ramps up its metabolism so much you just kind of absorb it. But no, you said about um, feeling better and the energy levels, which it, like you said, it's so hard to actually know it could be yeah. fat, it could be the fat, I don't know, it could be sleeping gut, um, it could be because it's been sunny recently, it could be there's so many different things it could actually be that you, you don't know. Um, and it's so hard always, I, say, I tell my clients this because often it comes when we're talking about weight and they're like, why did my weight jump? Why did it come down so low? And it's like, I could say it was this, I could say it was this, I could say it was this, but when we're always looking in hindsight, you know if I actually know, and actually this, it's going quite off topic now, but I was literally reading last night about the um, delayed training effect. So we train and we don't necessarily see the benefit of that training until quite later on. And so you could maybe even do a whole block of training and see, maybe you even see, a, like you don't see amazing results during that block of training, but your next block of training, you see fantastic results. And so you couldn't, you could maybe assume it's because of that training there and then, but it could have been the delayed training effect from this training. So actually, that really made things kind of like light, light bulbs in my head and thinking that yeah, there really is that transfer effect that probably goes on. 
Um, but yeah, it's when you're talking about your fat intake, I've actually, in a similar sense, think it was similar in that I increased my omega threes. I was having three fish oil capsules a day. I just increased it to six um, just to get to the kind of up more closer to the upper end of the recommended dose. And also started dropping in some more kind of peanut butter, some more nuts and avocados, get more monosaturated fats, which like the Mediterranean diet has always traditionally been seen as the healthiest diet. And it looks very like nuts in the research are very favorable um, for so many different things. And yeah, I feel, I definitely feel better for it. And I don't know, it could even be a bit placebo. You just don't know. Yeah. And I think mate, that's, that's a good point. I, I, I think this goes on a lot of our tangent as well about um, people with certain, when they think they've got certain like intolerances to, to bread or whatever, and then they all of a sudden come on board with a coach. We don't, we don't take bread up the diet, but we like give them a calorie limit. And then they start feeling a lot better. It's not that they've cut bread up their diet, it's because of their overall diet's better. Um, so it's not this isolation thing. And so yeah, it's, I mean, it could be, but it's always really hard to tell. And that's, that's why I made the point of saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not telling people to go and go on a higher fat diet because they might feel better. It's like it's very individual to me, and it's just something that I've found. And again, it could be the fact that um, I've just gone through a time where I've got no particular stress. Um, my food intake's really high, so I've, <laughs> I'm never hungry. Things are good. I've got plenty of energy. It could be a whole host of things, and it's just a coincidence that this um, higher fat intakes. Kind of coincided with it, but it, it's interesting uh, nonetheless. I think. Yeah, I don't know. It on a similar related topic, and we're getting fair, fairly far away from the the superfood topic. But I have actually, and I think it's a good time to do it in off season. I've had two clients in their off season where we've actually they've grown. I've discussed it with them, and I was only doing nutrition, so I was like, okay, I want to make this a bit more. Kind of more than just adjusting so i was like okay let's we're not doing anything for quite a while let's try we've always gone quite high carb let's try going high fat bring your carbs down by quite yeah. a substantial amount i think it was like a 20 percent reduction and increase on each um keeping calories and protein level yeah and see how you perform and both of them felt back better actually on the higher fats again i'm not saying that higher fats the way to go but i do think it's worth maybe sometimes trying it um, and yeah. personally, I haven't done it, and it's something I actually should do. Um, and I recommend <laughs> if people are going to do that, you have to make it a fairly small percent, and then trial it for like two months. Yeah. So give it an actual long stint. Don't just kind of do it and like the next week change back because you felt awful because uh, it probably wasn't <laughs> the the change in diet. No. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I think that's important. Give it. Give it time. That's that's the same with everything. Yeah. Give it. Give it a good go. If you're going to do something, give it a go. Yeah. So have you got any closing comments kind of on superfoods that you want to kind of leave with the, the, the listeners, Mark? Yeah, I would, I would, I would honestly just say that or, or, or try to stop looking at these foods in isolation as being like these superfoods. Um, you know, again, if you're, if you're having a, a McDonald's breakfast, dinner and supper, and at the same time, you're having a 
smoothie, a superfood smoothie, then it's not very super whatsoever. It's not going to be doing you any good. Um, if you're foods, foods shouldn't be looked at um, good or bad in isolation. There is no real superfood, and I would rather people looked at their whole diet in in or the context of their whole diet. Um, you know, is it uh, nutrient dense? Is it well balanced? Is it varied? Um, and then obviously, right, the most important thing is how many calories are you consuming, and does that kind of sit with like in line with your own goals? And um, once you've got a rough idea of your calorie intake, then you can, if you like these superfoods, if you if you want to include them as part of your diet, then fine. But just don't put them on some pedestal and kind of see it as the be all end all because they're really not and um yeah i think that that would be the most important thing i'd like people to to take away that's awesome i mean i don't think i could really add anything to what you've said there you've obviously context is very important there's no real superfoods one thing i do want to leave the listeners with is only because i heard it recently um or saw it on a program which i think is really really relates to our topic and i'm surprised i didn't think of it earlier is I wanted to leave the viewers with the fact that they shouldn't be duped by marketing and should really have a try and educate themselves in the nutritional basics, um, which will allow them to kind of diagnose different foods, different diets. There was actually a, I forget, I think it was Horizon or something, and basically they gave a marketer chalk and <clears throat> told him to like try and sell it as a health supplement at a kind of superfoods uh, fair. <clears throat> and so he just named it like, Norwegian chalk and said it was like it was because it's chalk I think it was like high in calcium it was high in some other vitamins and minerals and was like it's like and, and it it had enough like scientific research backed that it could be called a superfood and he was selling it there at this fair it was literally chalk that you write on white uh, blackboards with sorry and people were eating like they were literally like I want this chalk why like why haven't I heard about <laughs> chalk sooner what's this Norwegian chalk and he was like Sorry, I don't have any because he couldn't actually sell it to people because he was ripping them off because it, it's just chalk. Yeah. And uh, people are literally like, when they were told afterwards that it was just like marketing, he didn't lie to you, but he just marketed it really well. And they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I bought, like, I thought about buying that. I, mm. And some people were really sad and disappointed that it wasn't what it was. <laughs> like, it, it was just like, yeah, oh, it baffled me. And it made me realize how people still, like the edge, like people don't, there are people out there that say, oh, it's not the education, people know between good and bad food. But I don't necessarily think everyone realizes kind of the fact that marketers are out there to sell and like, not necessarily to see, but they're just there to sell. So any supplement or food that is claiming outrageous results, just really put your skeptical cap on. Yeah, and they're very, very good at it as well. Uh, this is what these guys do and it's they're very good um but yeah yeah be aware of that that's a great point steve awesome well i think we'll leave it there i think we kind of gave our thoughts on superfoods and hopefully gave you guys a lot to go away with thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll talk to you soon cheers guys